A Ravager spacecraft was arriving on Earth to abduct the spawn of the Celestial Ego. Cool. But in this universe, Yandu outsourced the assignment to his subordinates. You morons grabbed the wrong kid. Uh-uh, not so fast, Captain. Two sea holes, two here holes, one eight hole. Everything checks out. Does this really look like Peter Quill to y'all? And I'm Noah, and you're listening to A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. And this episode is the first time we're ever late because I was shitting my brains out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> being honest with our listeners <laughs> is a way to form trust. I thought they like our, they like our candor. You know? Yes. Yeah. Poop. No, okay. Well, you don't need to say it again. Oh, <laughs> duty. No, stop. <laughs> Yeah, there's like some weird stomach bug going around, I guess. I thought it was the weird Taco Bell that I ate at an event during for work. So it's, who knows? But I'm fine. No COVID. Yeah, no Yay. COVID. He survived. He's okay. <laughs> we're we're fine. It's okay. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, welcome. Yes, and thank you for being so patient. Yeah. I mean, if you don't follow us on social media, which you probably should on all the social media platforms at a bite of pod, you would know that, I mean, that. You the episode is delayed. I'm so sorry, but it's coming out a day after, which is better than like a week. You know. You know what's really <laughs> funny though is that because we, you know, you posted it on social media that you weren't feeling well. Like I had a colleague come up to me and go like, oh, "He is Noah okay?" And I was like, "How did you? Oh, the internet <laughs> got it." <laughs> yeah, but you guys are really sweet. The people that did mention you know message and say hope you're feeling better or like there is a stomach bug going around which drew my attention to like oh there is a stomach bug going around this is weird how did i get it uh. <laughs> but thank you so much and here you know the episode is here for you now so yeah but make sure you leave that five star review <laughs> <laughs> they're like five stars but it was late that one time yeah. enter they said poop and duty too much in this episode <laughs> yeah and the s word so. <laughs> all right so be sure to subscribe. You know, you get the episodes first. You'll get it first, even if it's late. <laughs> right. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about what if episode two, Chichala became a Star-Lord. Yes. This this is one of those episodes that I was super excited for and was waiting for. And I didn't expect it to be the second one. And I'm very happy. I was going to say, do you think it delivered? Did it meet the expectations that you were waiting for? Yeah, I mean, I guess before we get into it, I I think they should have started with this one. Mm. I did like Captain Carter a lot, but it followed the beats of the first Avenger movie. Sure, right. So it was like, okay, I, you know, it's still similar, you know, minus the calamari that comes at the end. But <laughs> this one, I felt like this is what the show is about. I mean, yeah, even swapping characters, I feel like Peter and T'Challa were the perfect characters to swap, or at least put one in that place because. Mm -hmm. It just shows how different, like nature versus nurture, and all of that. But it's so good. it was so good. Like I, I want the show since it's animation to show me things that we can't get in real life, and that's kind of what animation is good for. Yeah. And I felt like this delivered on all of all those fronts. All right. The high praise right at the beginning. Sorry. High praise. <laughs> I have to say I, this is completely random, but I'm having very um, Mandalorian flashbacks in recording today. Because I felt like when we did The Mandalorian, we always made sure to have tons of caffeine beforehand. Oh, yeah. And like just like the sound of the ice in the oh. cup, <laughs> his editing uh, ear is freaking out right now. It's like, I'm like, is this where Grogu? Uh, anyway, so that was a flashback of a bite of. But let's take a look back just real quick at last week's episode of What If. So that was What If episode one. What if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? So in that episode, Peggy Carter stays in the room when Steve is going to be injected with the super soldier serum. When he's shot, she steps in, literally, and becomes Captain Carter. The Tesseract is used to create the first Iron Man suit, a.k.a. the Hydra Stomper, and is then used by Red Skull to bring Cthulhu to Earth. Captain Carter is frozen in time for 70 years, and upon returning, is greeted by Nick Fury and Hawkeye. Yep. Pretty much uh, the first Avenger yep. through and through. Yeah, we, we know that some of these characters are going to show up again. I don't know in what capacity if they're all going to be in now times as like some new Avengers team or 
they're just going to have different episodes. So we don't know yet. Yeah. And I'm interested in seeing which of these what if episodes are going to come together because there was like a detail I noticed in this one that made me think like maybe something happened that this is a different kaleidoscopic universe or whatever that the watcher is watching. Yeah, it, it would be interesting to see how would these characters interact if their decisions created a new universe. Right. I mean, did all of these people create all of these decisions at the same time? And, you know, we'll yeah. see. And I think we spoke about this in the last episode, but I'm still very much in the mindset of the Loki timeline where like one decision creates a branch Mm -hmm. but i feel like this is different than that this is just pocket universes that are of of a decision that could happen yeah maybe i mean i guess we'll see what uatu has um up his sleeves his large sleeves he has really big collars too so we'll see big head what's in his collar collar? (laughs) before we get into this episode of course spoiler alert if you have not watched this one be sure to watch it because we are going to talk about all those details all right so let us officially take a bite of what if episode two what if T'Challa became a star lord (laughs) you say what if so much in that so the reason so in the first episode of of a bite of i didn't of the season of a bite of i didn't say it but when you go on like imdb that's how it's said yeah but it's episode one of what if and then the title is what if xyz boo don't like it i like it comment below do you want him to say what if twice or just say episode two what if t'challa became a star lord it's what because because in (laughs) always in a bite of i say episode one of wandavision and then the title so the title is what if dot 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 t'challa became a star lord i know but they didn't have the title of the show in the title of every episode so it's just weird it is weird but i like it (laughs) all right so many ellipses you guys anyway (laughs) (laughs) so we kick things off with a riff on the opening of the 2014's guardians of the galaxy what if t'challa became a star lord begins with star lord in pursuit of the power stone on morag just like I was like, oh no, are we going to get a retelling of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Please don't do that to me. I love that movie, but I don't, I was worried for a split, like two minutes. Yeah. So like, because then basically it would be like, these actually aren't brand new stories. It's just an old story with one character swapped out. And there will be calamari in every single one (laughs) to make it a big twist. Where were the fish puns? (laughs) But this one does minus the awesome soundtrack and dance moves as we know Peter Quill was doing as he went up to the temple to get the power stone. This one is Tatala just really just casually walking right up to it. <laughs> no, no dance moves needed. Korath, the pursuer, does show up, who's a big fan of his work, unlike him not knowing who Peter Quill, Star-Lord, was with the iconic who line. So it, it was very much different. And it shows that, okay, well, Peter in his universe was very much like, Motivated by money, motivated by women. This T'Challa, as Star-Lord, we see is very much a Robin Hood, mm-hmm. making the universe a better place than when he, you know, before he got there. So we can see that there's a cu- huge difference yeah. with the Star-Lord already. I like in this scene, sort of Korath's duality of like, wanting to look at him as a celebrity because he loves T'Challa as the Star-Lord that the Robin Hood but he's also like, well, you're also breaking in and taking the thing that I have to defend. So <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fight you, but with reverence. Yeah, he wants to, he wants to fight him. That way he can fight Star-Lord. Right. His, you know, his whoever he looks up to him as. <laughs> yeah. But after a quick fight, T'Challa does decide to hire Korath. Yeah. So it all worked out in the end for him. Yeah. He's like, I've had worse people on my crew. I'll just throw you over my shoulder and off we go. <laughs> he does get away with the orb holding the Infinity Stone with some help from his trusted ally, Yondu. So this is another difference from what we know in the original Guardians is Peter went to Morag by himself. He had no backup, nobody helping him, which probably would have helped (laughs) if he had Yondu to help him. And it's interesting though, right, is that because he was always solo, but what T'Challa says here, like his call to Yondu to come is a Ravager never flies solo. Right, which is technically their line, so it's it's even more fucked up that Peter was always by himself. <laughs> right, yeah. I have to say, I this is like something that I struggle with all the time. So Peter Quill is Star-Lord, right? Yes. Yondu 
is the whistle guy. Yes. I always want to call Yandu <laughs> Quill because I feel like his little whistle feathered dart pen is thing an arrow. is like a quill. Is an arrow. Right, but it's like a quill. <laughs> no. And I'm like, why is his name not Quill? There's no feather on it. I don't know. I'm just very confused all the time. I'm like, it's Quill. And then he's like, Yandu. I'm like, who's Quill? Michael Rucker, Yandu. Yandu. Blue. Michael Rucker, Savant. No. Well, yes. Dead. <laughs> also, also dead. Both also of those characters dead. are dead. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I did like how T'Challa used that gravity trap to pull the orb out, unlike how Peter used it, which was just as a trap. Right. So it was cool that he, there was that slight difference as well. I was like, oh. Well, okay, yeah, he yeah, does, that makes sense. Right, it's like he does things, like Peter is the Smart. It's like smart, <laughs> exactly. He'll do things a li- with a little more intelligence rather than just jumping in wildly. Mm-hmm. What is it, harder, smarter, not harder, or something like that? Sure, that's a thing. Maritan, my tartan. That's a saying, yeah. Comment below, <laughs> what is the saying? <laughs> T'Challa's ship is named Mandela after Nelson Mandela, one of T'Challa's heroes, in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the ship was named Milano after Peter's childhood crush, Alyssa Milano. <laughs> I, so, again, the differences. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Milano after the Pepperidge Farm treat, the Milano cookie. No. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Both. Why not both? The show then cuts to the origin of this version of Star-Lord in 1988, who, much like the MCU's T'Challa, is an adventurous child. After his father, T'Chaka tells him to temper his excitement for exploring. T'Challa ends up in the fields and is like, nah, I'm going to go explore anyway and throw some spears around the field. (laughs) And a Ravager ship does come and abduct him. Just like Quill was abducted as well. The Watcher explains instead of taking on the mission to find Ego's son himself, in this reality, Yondu sends Kraglin and Taserface who end up picking up T'Challa, who has Two here holes and two sea holes. And one eight hole. And one eight hole. <laughs> eight? Eat? He, he oh. says eight. He says one eight hole. I didn't hear that one, yeah. but I could, yeah, I could see it. Which, I mean, if that's the only qualifying yeah. thing to pick up a child, then yeah, I mean, most of them do have those holes. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like saying that. Never mind. Take it out. <laughs> Take that back. Delete. <laughs> I do like the thing that T'Chaka says to T'Challa. He said, the blood of a king runs through your veins, but it is pumped by the heart of an explorer. Yep. There's a lot of like poetic metaphors throughout this entire episode mm-hmm. of What If, so chef's kiss to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like, T'Challa, you like live like a pretty great life. Like, just chill out. Stop. Don't leave the bubble. Your heart wants what your heart wants, and that's exploring. <laughs> no. They're like an isolation. What's it? How do you say it? Iso- I- Isolationist? Yeah. Nation. So it's like, they kind of don't go out there. He's only there in his place. So it makes sense. I mean, if your heart wants to go out, even see the stars and your dad's like, nah, we can't because I've been out there. It's all pain it's and bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I do think it's hilarious, though, that like the crew that went out to get Ego's son, they're on a complete different continent. Yeah. A, the complete wrong part of the world. Oh, yeah. It's like that just happened to be where the ship was heading towards right. the planet. <laughs> and they found the first person. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the present, T'Challa and the Ravengers, including the newly recruited Korath, head to a galactic waterhole to celebrate their latest score. Among those drinking with them, and this is the biggest surprise to me, I had seen him in some of the TV spots and the trailers, did not expect him to be in this episode, is the Mad Titan himself, Thanos who reveals that Star-Lord helped him learn there was more than one way to relocate the universe's resources. Which, yes, everybody has probably been screaming that at the screen when Thanos snapped everybody (laughs) half of the universe out of existence, but it just took T'Challa to explain to Thanos, there's a better way. (laughs) Hey, man, let's not do the snippety snap snap. The reform Thanos in this was it, it was it was a treat to see it, and I loved how it always seemed to just be on the cusp of falling back to his old plan because mm-hmm. it seemed like he always tried to mention it to new people, and they're like, "That sounds like genocide." Yeah, and he's like, "Oh yeah, okay." He likes to snap too with it every time. He's got to do <laughs> he the snap to let them know how it was executed. <laughs> yeah. 
T'Challa then heads to the bar, and after a brief interaction with the bartender Drax, whose wife and daughter are still alive in this reality because Thanos and Ruin and the Accuser never murdered them alongside half of the population of Drax's planet, That's he right. says hi. <laughs> T'Challa saved him. Yeah. Another great thing that T'Challa as Star-Lord did. Yeah, I was, I was wondering, I was like, why are some of the Guardians characters in it and some of them not? Mm. But I believe he's supposed to have like three more episodes. I think he has four episodes total in this, or he appears. So I'm assuming that's when we see Gamora. That's when we see some of the other ones. Yeah, and she, because she's, Gamora's on the sort of image of the, the what if. Yeah. yeah. You know, at least of the one that's on Disney Plus. So she's going to be there at some point, just not in this story in particular. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it all all comes together. Yeah, well, it almost makes, it's like interesting, right? Because, I mean, spoiler alert, in two seconds, Nebula is going to appear. So we know that Thanos' adopted, one of his adopted daughters is going to be there. Where's the other one? Yeah, maybe she's more, yeah, maybe she's more upset about the whole thing. Well, I guess, right, the whole thing is, is that Thanos was destroying planets and then spared Gamora. So maybe T'Challa stopped him before that time. Yeah, this is, this this is really interesting because when T'Challa went into space was clearly, I mean, and if he was doing all that good this whole time, because it clearly seems like people are like, respect him because Mm -hmm. in the i think in guardians 2 when they went to the same planet for the drinks they were in like kind of like a shitty bar or whatever and this one they're like in a very upscale like you know so ah you know depending on how early he got to these people he obviously got to thanos really early yeah so it was easy to like just cut that obsessive like i'm gonna kill half of the universe's population so we got him at the right time. Yeah. He wasn't very far into that plan. It was just a light thought. And T'Challa was like, let's not do that. Yeah. And good point here. Nebula shows up. One, voiced by the amazing Karen Gillan, looks great here. Because she's not bald. One, she has beautiful golden locks. And she also isn't mostly cybernetic. Right. I feel like she hasn't been tortured as much as the Nebula that we know and love. Yeah, exactly. So... I'm going to put that to T'Challa as well, because what other decision would have happened here to make that happen? Well, obviously, they have some sort of relationship going on because she calls him Cha-Cha. I love it. Me too. I love Cha-Cha. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really cute. Hey, Cha-Cha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I will say that Dave Batista did not voice Drax. He's yeah. like the only person. Again, in <laughs> Captain Carter, there was one character, I think, that was not voiced by you know Chris Evans. Right. And this one, Drax was not voiced by Dave Batista. Well, isn't there some drama with Dave Batista? Yeah, he yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's one of those things, and I don't want to get into it because celebrity gossip is kind of just like, well, I don't know. He's he's like biting the hand that feeds him, uh, but then when it is appropriate, he doesn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And he like went online. He was like, they never asked me to come voice Drax. But yet the casting director and people were like, no, we tried to get in touch with you. And this was during his whole thing of like saying James Gunn sucks and like all right, this stuff. But right, it's like, exactly. You're supposed to be in Guardians 3, so shh. And there's all these rumors that a team member is going to die. <gasps> and everybody's like, well, we know it's going to be dry. It's like right <laughs> off the bat. That's going to be the opening scene of the movie. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's your daily dose of some uh, MCU drama. Oh, he said, welcome to the Marvel tea. <laughs> All right, so Nebula wants the Ravengers to help her steal the Embers of Genesis from the Collector. And pretty much what this Embers of Genesis is, this does not exist in the comics. There's some things like it, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of, maybe it's like almost a the spark that's inside of Groot's people that are like oh. that. Like, that's what I attribute it to, because it does spark life, and it's, yeah. you know, very it wild growth and everything like that, and it could... Terraform a whole planet with one single ounce. Right. So it could be something along those lines. Every time they say it, I wanted this to happen. The Embers of Genesis. Genesis. It just had such a grand name. Oh, I was like, why? <laughs> it just felt like it should be announced. Because it was like, it's like not like the Tesseract or whatever. It's just like the Embers. Of Genesis. I like how you're like, yeah, not like those stupid infinity stones. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. I've heard them enough, please. <laughs> we all know the Tesseracts are just in someone's draw at 
uh, the TVA, so it's fine. <laughs> and this is, again, we're reminded that these aren't the Guardians or prior Guardians that we know from the MCU because they want to use this to help planets that need it. Again, they're, the, these Ravengers, their whole point is to help people that need it. Right. And this, what is it called? Embers of Genesis would help a planet. Well, significantly right and that's that's the thing is that it's like and t'challa is always there to make them all realize that although they have a treasure the treasure can be used for good mm-hmm. no matter the worth the value of like monetarily what's better than saving a whole planet with the tool that you have right and this is right up thanos's alley this is what i'm assuming why thanos is on the ravagers team with them because he's like oh this is something that we can help save planets that we're in dire need like my planet yeah i'm game i'm kind of seeing a correlation between thanos and i've already forgotten john cena's character's name from peacemaker peacemaker right it's like they're willing to do whatever it takes for the quote-unquote good or for justice it doesn't matter how many people they kill if it's the right thing that also has air quotes I'm I'm down with that. Right? There's yeah. like a little bit of that like sort of insanity of being like, well, I'll just kill everyone, but for the two people that survive, it'll be the best thing ever. <laughs> well, I'm, that's like one of those like big philosophy questions. Like, would you kill one person to save a lot? Right. Or kill a lot to save a few? And it's like, well, I don't agree with killing a lot to save a few, but it's like, I don't want to kill one person to save. Can I just like not? do any killing it's fine (laughs) every time i try and bring a philosophy i massacre it so i'm just nodding along with your explanation (laughs) the good place was the extent of our philosophy yeah yeah. i did take a philosophy course in college which i liked but obviously have forgotten (laughs) all right so yondu does not want to be involved with this mission as soon as he sees that the collector is involved he's like no thank you we're out ravengers will not do this if the collector's involved we're not doing it and the collector is noticeably different in this one. I guess that one decision for them to pick up T'Challa made the collector buff. Because <laughs> he wasn't like this in the MCU. So, yeah, that's and cool. I, and I feel like the character itself, like, it felt like Benicio Del Toro was having a little more fun. Yeah, he was a little weird. So, like, the, um, the Grandmaster and the collector are... Related, so you can clearly tell that they're both like eccentric, yeah. and eclectic, and stuff like that. But I feel like in this one, he was more of a tyrant almost. Mm. But he was having fun with more power, yeah. Because I think prior he had to be more sneaky to mm-hmm. keep collecting all the things he wanted, yeah. In this one, he's just openly like, "I have everything. I'll take whatever I want." Look at my abs every single time. Like <laughs> abs, biggest chest on earth, giant fur collar. He was not playing around. I mean, I loved the, what is it, a cape, coat? I think it's a cope. Cope? (laughs) (laughs) It's a coat cape. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. I'm pretty sure there's a name for it. I just don't know it. Cloak? (laughs) So after convincing Yondu to accept the mission, T'Challa and the Ravengers arrive on Nowhere, the collector's base of operations guarded by the Black Order. So of course these people are involved. We know them from Infinity War and Endgame. They're not anybody to like bat an eye at or no. be like, oh, these guys are here. When they weren't working with Thanos, they went over to the Collector. Mm-hmm. Their plan, Yandu and Chachala and Nebula sneak in by pretending to be potential clients, while Thanos and Korath and the rest of the Ravagers cause a distraction outside. T'Challa begins searching for the embers when he runs into Howard the Duck, voiced by Seth Green, which I feel like Seth Green can do some pretty good voice acting. Because I noticed it was Seth Green a little bit, just because he sounds like Seth Green. But mm. I was like, oh, he's not bad at voice acting. And then I remember I was like, oh, he does voice acting yeah, he's a like lot. Robot chicken family <laughs> right. guy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this makes total sense. But it wouldn't be a Guardians of the Galaxy thing or even involving Star Lord without a cameo from Howard the Duck because he's been in every single Guardians movie so far. Keep it going. <laughs> so T'Challa passes Cosmo the Dog, Space Dog as well. Which, if you know from the comics, has been a guardian for in in Guardians of the Galaxy, also security for nowhere. So it was nice to see him. Sad to see him in so a cage. Sad. I didn't like it, but he was wagging his tail at T'Challa in this one. In Guardians, he was growling and barking at Peter. Mm. 
So they can sense. They can sense. The dog knows. Yeah. The the dog really knows. Back outside, Proxima Midnight makes quick work of the Ravagers and sounds the base's alarm after realizing they have been used as a distraction. They're like, oh, okay, these people are lying. T'Challa leaves Howard the Duck, who is only interested in getting a drink, and stumbles upon a Wakanda ship with the message from his father, who's still searching for him. Now, is it just me? Or is it terrifying that the Dora Milaje have their garb on these mannequins? Well, last I checked, mm-hmm. there's not a gift shop with Dormelage garb. Did they kill these women to then put creepy mannequins of them to create some weird exhibit? Yeah, I, that's what it felt like, right? He got this Wakandan ship and he wanted to make it authentic and mannequins and Dormelage warrior outfits on it. Yeah. Not cool. Mm-mm. Don't um, like it. Why is there a bar in the middle of the collection? Why not? <laughs> so random. And how come Howard the Duck had such an elaborate cage? Because he's Howard the Duck. Like the space dog slash Cosmo no. <laughs> had nothing. It's Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> Howard the Duck gets a full lounge. Yeah, I'm curious how these um, prisoners eat. Yeah, how do they feed them? Like, there's no pillow. There's no. How do you go to the restroom? I don't know. You just not? Are you in some weird stasis is in it there? Tamagotchi like? Oh no! You, just you still have to pick a poop with Tamagotchi. Just, oh yeah, man, we just mentioned just, poop again. I just did it again. Damn it! I didn't say nothing. Sorry, guys. You beat me three to two. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're like turning this off. It's smut. <laughs> All right. It is. I I do think that it, this pretty much like confirms that. The Wakandans did have some play or support in space exploration and technology being out there. Yeah, what it seemed like to me was that T'Chaka created these fleets to search mm. for T'Challa mm-hmm. because he's in this home, you know, this homing beacon. He's saying, "My son was taken out of this world to you know," so he knows that he was abducted. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it kind of feels like he put a bunch of resources into finding him. Yeah. I'm also, I'm curious if you notice in any of the space movies that we've had with the MCU and also in Black Panther, the dome that protects Black Panther is by these like hexagonal shapes. Mm. And in the space movies like Guardians and stuff, and in this one, the the jumping, the hyperspace jumping, they go through hexagonal shapes mm. to go through. It's like, oh, maybe Wanda has some involved. In <gasps> Probably not. But it was interesting. So it's like, did they, are, did the Wakandans have a play in the greater technological advances or did Wakanda get technology from outside visitors? So mm. Well, what if? What if what the Wakandans... If, you know, answer these questions, what if? <laughs> it's those rabbit holes that you have to be careful oh, yeah. about with this show. I was, I was going with you, though. We were, it was like, we were like, oh my God, there's hexagons everywhere. <laughs> but like, all in all, I, this like creepiness aside, again, I really, really enjoyed this episode, even up to this point. It was, it was a lot of fun to see this. This episode really centers on T'Challa and how, despite hailing... From an isolish, iso, iso, man, why can't I say that? <laughs> I just said it like yesterday and I can't say it today. Say it for me. Isolationist? Nation. <laughs> <laughs> he remains true to what makes him such a deserving king in the first place. Even in space. Head writer. I did like this, but the, the writer AC Bradley said, T'Challa is an interesting character because he's not a character who arcs himself. He's a character who changes the world around him. He doesn't go through a transformation. He transforms the world. So taking a step back, we ponder, how could T'Challa transform outer space? Mm. And he does it so effortlessly. Effortlessly. You know, guys, I I guess that stomach bug is affecting more than my insides. (laughs) Oh, it's in his mouth. I can't. Deep breath. You yeah. got this. Take a deep breath. You're also <laughs> drinking espresso on an empty stomach. You know, it's, I'm, you're moving too quickly. Yep. We haven't said this in a long time. The cold brew is really kicking, kicking in. in. Yeah, because there's nothing to stop it from going straight to my ah. system. 
Yeah, also someone who's recovering from a stomach virus probably shouldn't ha- be having some sort of milk-based espresso-charged drink right now. <laughs> Who got it for me? Who wanted the venti? Well, okay, it's <laughs> it's the weekend. Go big or go home. Yeah, we're going effing crazy. It's the weekend. We're getting <laughs> ventis. Yo, crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. We've lost our minds. <laughs> they love it. that early. They love it. Okay. <laughs> so unfortunately, before T'Challa could process the bombshell of, oh, Yandu's been lying, Wakanda is not a barren wasteland. No. Nope. My dad is alive and well and searching for me, obviously, because I'm in a Wakandan ship. Yeah. I mean, like, also, let's just take a step back for a second. So, like, how could you trust Yandu when Yandu knew that you were the wrong kid and he was like, okay, I'll keep you? Put him back. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, I mean, they're based in like not a great place. But I think it was more of like, oh, you want to be an explorer? Cool. I don't think that's a great criteria to keep the wrong child. Yeah. I mean, like, I get, I mean, granted, he's like a criminal, you know, like Yondu, like he's not, like he's not thinking like, you know, your everyday run of the mill. Well, they were tasked. Yeah. They were tasked by a celestial ego to go get him. So it's kind of like, I guess he had to do it anyway. And then, Ego would know that's not his well, kid. Well, that's what I'm saying. And obviously, they didn't bring him to Ego. And like, wasn't Ego mad that it was the wrong kid? He's like, we couldn't find him. Sorry. Maybe they just didn't take payment. They Venmoed him back. They sent it back. I mean, deny your request for money. Right. <laughs> They're like, like, okay, no, no, sorry. Wrong guy. Wrong kid. Wrong kid. Get him yourself. Bye-bye. <laughs> but before he could process this bombshell, Cha-Cha is double-crossed by Nebula. No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Okay, some things don't change, but I was like keeping it. I was like, okay, maybe Nebula's still going to be good because she turned out to be great in the Avengers movies. So true. Can I also um, make a request that anytime you say cha cha, you say it like cha cha? No. Do it. Cha cha. No. <laughs> do it like Karen <laughs> no, Gillen would do no, it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend you're a Scottish woman with red hair that's doing an American accent. No, definitely. Not. That's too hard. Cha-cha. No. All right. The <laughs> Ravengers are all placed in a holding cell where T'Challa is able to confront Yandu about the lies he told him. So this is very much like Peter and Yandu's situation as well. He was lied to also. Yandu tells him that the past is nothing but a prison and he's just like him and explore her. Explore. <laughs> and explore. <laughs> Whoa. Things are getting racy. What is happening? Oh. They they know what I said. Believe in yourself. I, you know, every time you sing that, I don't <laughs> believe in myself. What? No, that's the exact opposite of what it's supposed mm-hmm. to do. But <laughs> Yandu saw himself in young T'Challa, and T'Challa had the fire to be an explorer <laughs> and wanted to go out into space. <laughs> so just as the discussion begins, Corvus Glaive comes to collect T'Challa. And bring, why are you laughing? That's how you say it. (laughs) Corvus Glaive. It's just, you're going, like, it's like you're saying things so quickly, it just sounds like one sound. Guys, does it? (laughs) All right, let me try again. Yeah, take it slow. No. Take take a breath. No, that was shallow. Don't, (laughs) don't sing the Lady Gaga hit. Be the opposite. What? Shallow. Oh. I never saw that movie. Me either. It sounds too depressing. Yeah, I heard also it wasn't necessary. But <gasps> what movie is necessary? I think they're redoing it again. That movie's been redone like five times. Exactly. Yeah, no, Keep thank the you. tradition going. No, I'm Ariana I'm Grande this time. <laughs> Are you lying? <laughs> yeah, I'm making okay, that up. Thank God. I'm being facetious. All right. So just as the discussion begins, Corvus Glaive comes to collect T'Challa and bring him to the collector. I don't like enunciating this much. That was beautiful. You're welcome. (laughs) This collector, played by Del Toro, is much different from the NCU, but still the same also. I I really want to see the Grandmaster and the collector interact. I'm like waiting for that. I know the Grandmaster has to come back in the MCU. I want to see it. I want to see what these guys would talk about. Catch up, family stuff. You put it in the universe. Yeah. Might happen. <laughs> but thankfully, Nebula breaks the Ravengers out and reveals the whole mission was a ruse. I said mission. <laughs> reveals that the whole mission was a ruse to steal the embers right from under the collector's fabulous fur coat. Yep. 
<laughs> you know, I'm so sorry you had to wait extra for this episode. <laughs> so, I mean, I like that for a second we thought that Nebula was bad. Right. But it's she really character. wasn't. Like, they let us, like, be nervous for literally a minute. And then it was like, no, no, it's okay. T'Challa knew the whole time. Right. He's in on it. We didn't want to tell you guys, but we got it. We get a very much like Mission Impossible slash like Ocean's Eleven, like go back to when the plan was made and you didn't hear this part of the plan, but T'Challa was in on it. He knew what was happening. Exactly. So, however, the Collector catches wind of the ruse and attacks T'Challa using iconic weapons from the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we know. We saw... That in this timeline, he's managed to get his hands on, (laughs) I wrote in my notes, Hela's Thor hammer. That doesn't make sense. (laughs) He got his hands on Hela's headpiece from Thor Ragnarok, Thor's hammer, Mjolnir, and Captain America's shield. I'd love to hear the stories behind how he got these items. And also how he got them at this point in time. Well, right. So that's where, like I was saying at the beginning of this episode, I'm kind of interested in seeing which of these episodes comes together. Because in the last episode, we saw that Captain Carter was frozen in time with her shield. And now he has a shield. So... But it was Captain America's shield, not her shield. True. So then it would have to be a different universe. Right. So the only way that I could see these coming together is if they cross universes The Watcher just handpicks people from different stories for some larger mission that we don't know yet. Maybe. Interfering. We know he does that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. As of right now, he's just watching. <laughs> the Collector also mentions getting a fist off of a terribly chatty Cronin. And Korg from Thor Ragnarok is a terribly chatty Cronin. <laughs> so that's upsetting, because how dare you mess with Korg? Yeah. No, thank you. I also like just, there's always just a whisper of Taika Waititi in something. Oh, yeah. Just lightly re- just talking about him in passing. <laughs> I'm fine. And what we do in the shadows, MCU, DC now. Thank you. I'm yep, fine. Agreed. Yep, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> the collector also puts on Hella's headpiece and mimics the running, the hands through mm-hmm. it to put it on, which I was hoping it would like sprout out as he did it, just like she did. But let her have that, I guess. Let yeah. her have that iconic scene. Maybe that's how you activate the Hella helmet. Yeah, I guess so. Right? That's kind of dumb. <laughs> if, if that is how you activate it. It's like, hold on, let me let me put my hands through. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> With the two leaders busy, the Ravengers outside try to escape, only to be stopped by the Black Order. Thanos decides to take them on alone, despite concerns from his daughter. He begins to lose the battle, but Nebula arrives just in the nick of time and helps her father take down the Black Order. By throwing the embers of Genesis into their mouths, making wild growth happen. So nowhere now will I wonder if nowhere will become alive again because it's the head of an of a celestial. Mm-hmm. So with, and now it has life. Yeah, life. Will the will it activate it again? I don't, I don't know. That's gonna suck. <laughs> Giant Groot. Yeah, this is a hard turn from what we know in the MCU, especially for both of them because. Nebula, I do not see her trying to help her father. She always tried to escape or, you know, begrudgingly did his bidding. In this one, she purposely goes back to help him. So we know even though that she's adoptive, he did not torture her for a very long time. And then they have a decent relationship. And a, maybe she didn't have to live in the shadow of the sister that he favored more as well. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. Where's Gamora? Who is Gamora? Why when? Is... No, it's why. How? it's from the from infinity war oh (laughs) sorry when drax is like why is gamora because they're going to look for her and they can't find her oh i thought we were just saying question (laughs) words and gamora (laughs) 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 so yondu helps t'challa in his fight against the collector the pair are understandably having a hard time keeping up with their opponent Without any other option, they steal the Collector's armband via Sticky Fingers, which we know that they've done this in the MCU before, which controls all the cages. What's her name? Karina. I always forgot her name. I want to say Kerna, but it's not a name. (laughs) It's like not that spacey. It's just Karina. Yeah, Karina. (laughs) It could have made it spacier. (laughs) Karina lets the beings being held prisoner out, 
and then they go after their collector. So yeah, karma. He even says that. He's like, yeah, I, I get it. That's fine. I deserve this. This is how it should. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, how do they all, once they rip him apart or whatever, how do all of the prisoners get out? How many ships are on the head? Not my story, not my problem. <gasps> oh, I'm so concerned. <laughs> Karina will take care of them. They're like, we killed them. Uh-oh. We're still stuck here. Yeah, and there's like plants growing yeah. all throughout it. I don't know. I mean, sorry about it. All right. <laughs> the pair escape in the Wakandan ship with T'Challa, duh, with T'Challa deciding to take his found family to meet his real one on Earth. So he did get a ch- touching moment with Yondu and T'Challa making amends and they're like it's fine whatever what's what's done is done i'm a great space explorer i'm star lord also my family's alive i'm wakanda all is well it's fine the ravagers break bread with the wakandans and i do like that okoye does make a a cameo in this Mm -hmm. even though it is talking to thanos which was very weird yes and again we hear the genocide comment yeah (laughs) but it was nice It, it seems like a happy ending but the same can't be said for Peter Quill. Did not expect to see Peter Quill in this or have like some type of cliffhangery thing. So two episodes so far, we have cliff-ish hangers. Mm-hmm. This one I feel like is more of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Than, you know, Captain Carter waking up to see Nick Fury and Hawkeye. Yeah. Ego comes to collect his son, essentially, which, why did it take him this long? Like, if, <laughs> if the mistake was made like 20 years ago, and he's like, oh, I finally found him. He's just been in Dairy Queen this whole time, mopping floors. Maybe he really didn't care that much. That's why he was willing to let it go when they picked up T'Challa instead of Peter. Well, he was going around making a lot of spawn. So yeah. I guess he's like, oh, I'll get to it. You know, child number 893, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get him later. I'll get to it. Yeah. But this is interesting. I'm curious how this is going to turn out. Like Star-Lord or not Star-Lord. Is Peter Quill going to be bad because he didn't have that development and right. the Guardians movies and that change of heart, aka falling in love with Gamora, <laughs> to realize how bad his dad is? Because we found out in Guardians 2, he got played by his dad. And then with knowing and having like a hero's heart, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, my dad's a maniac. So right. fuck this guy. But in this... I mean, in this, it seems like, right, it's like he's working at a fast food joint, maybe not living the life that he wanted to live. And now this all-powerful father is like, hey, come join me. I can give you a better life. And then the Watcher says something like, this is, could create the end of the world. Right. And so maybe this is the mission that all the characters from the what-if timelines need to come and stop. If Peter Quill is like the final boss in this, no. Ego <laughs> Jr. <laughs> no, thank you. Mm. But I, I'm, I am curious. I, I want to see what this con- where this conversation goes because... Maybe Peter is happy. He's happy being with his mom and working at, maybe he owns that Dairy Queen. He's a franchisee. Yeah. I mean, right. also, what if he just wants to work at fast food? That's, That's true. That's maybe, fine. I mean, he's got his mixtapes. He's he's down. Exactly. It's curious. I'm curious to see where this goes. And of course, we can't not talk about how, so this is Chadwick Boseman's final, final performance, I think, across all mediums. Like, this is his final one. And we do know that there should be more coming, but, you know, this is the final one. We do get the title card at the end dedicated to Chadwick Boseman, which was beautiful and really nice. And I I did read that they were actually talking about doing a T'Challa Star-Lord spinoff. Really? Yeah, after that, which obviously would have been great. And Mm -hmm. it just shows that Chadwick Boseman loved doing this T'Challa, not just the MCU one, but this one. So it was really good. I and mean, they loved him too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every everybody did. If you look at every everybody he's worked with in every company, they're like, he's amazing. Yeah. And now, of course, it's sad that we don't get more of this. His final, this as his final performance, I think is great. He's fantastic at voice acting, which you know, there's always that hesitation when it's like you really like an actor, and then they do something else in a different different medium, and it's like that's not that great. He's great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Sean Gunn, on the other hand, is not great at voice acting. <laughs> I didn't really particularly like him, his voice acting in this one. But T'Challa, the star of this episode, knocked it out of the park. Mm. I, I thought um, Benicio Del Toro struggled a little bit in the voice acting. 
I feel like he didn't really act like he didn't talk like the collector kind of did. Yeah. It was odd. Yeah. Uh But all in all, I thought that the dedication was really beautiful and kind of seeing this essence of T'Challa, but also of Chadwick Boseman as this Robin Hood type character who's always doing good and changing the world around him. It really gave us the essence of what it was probably like to work with Chadwick Boseman. Where just by was, existing. Right. And yeah. he's always just like changing the room and changing the world around him. So mm-hmm. it was great. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, it's a great way to like continue his legacy and have this as his legacy. And it's very sad that he won't be in Black Panther 2. And I know that, you know, the director and the writers are very like, they were struggling at first, but they're like, this is going to be dedicated to him like we want to continue his legacy and i'm glad that they're doing that because he means a lot to a lot of people in a lot of communities yeah for bringing this type of character in the forefront oh yeah and he paved the way yeah and then we're going to be getting riri williams probably Ironheart coming up so it's like without chadwick boseman and without his legacy i mean come on great thank you great episode totally so again i this episode was fantastic. I thought the I'm re- I'm settling in with the style of the animation. I, I'm really I'm like I like it. I'm here for it. I don't think that there's any weird parts. I did notice. Did you notice that the especially in the the Wakandan dinner or party scene at the end, it was panning. They froze. They would freeze. Yeah, <laughs> the characters would freeze before they're off screen. I don't know if that's like a stylistic choice or like. He- the rendering or yeah it felt like sort of like oh these are little vignettes of scenes that are happening but it did feel awkward i think for both of us to notice it it's like why wouldn't nebula just have at least turned back to the conversation i think they did that though in the background scenes Uh when they were fighting the black order and nowhere if you notice there's like a few people moving Mm -hmm. but the background is still like even people and it's like i know they do that in some animation but i just i was like oh I didn't notice that in Captain Carter, maybe because this one was just so much and it was yeah. so like a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not complaining about it. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Something that I definitely noticed. I agree. Right. Yeah. But I'm totally suddenly into it. I'm, I'm here for this. What if ride? I yeah. want, I'm curious to see what's next. Me what do you too. think is next? Oh, I, I, it's, I saw it. Oh, you did? It's on IMDb. Oh, well, I don't look at IMDb. That's that site spoils so much it's, shit for I me. I have to look at the cast I know, of I the know. show. Who what is it? It's Loki. Loki? Yeah. He has an episode? Yeah. Wow. It's Loki, what if of course it disappears now and I'm trying to look for it. Uh this episode What if Loki presented himself to the governments of Earth as a king of Asgard using all his diplomacy? Oh, I was like, that can't be the title. No, no, no. Yeah, it doesn't have a title yet. <laughs> Whoa. It, do- I mean, I, it doesn't have the official title yet, but that's the little descriptor. Wait, so are we possibly getting like a President Loki situation? Maybe. Or a ambassador, do-gooder Loki? This is yeah. interesting. We'll see. Yeah, it huh. shows them standing in front of a bunch of delegates and stuff like that. Interesting. Okay. But they don't have the cast out for you, which is interesting. All they have is... They hide that stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, they don't want people knowing who's coming and who's going. (laughs) They don't want people knowing who's coming and who's going. (laughs) All right. So that was that episode. But of course, our episodes wouldn't be complete without a special segment at the end. That's right. So it is time for another installment of Things That Make You Go, What? (laughs) So this special segment takes us to the remote town of Longyearbyen, Norway. Where, along with being super cold, it is illegal to die. What? (laughs) Okay. Since 1950, it was outlawed to expire in this town due to the fact that bodies weren't decomposing, but rather just freezing in the cemetery. That's not their problem. So, but the the problem is, is that whatever you died of, so there was a flu pandemic. Oh, no. And then all the bodies just froze. And when they exhumed them... The flu was still alive in the bodies. So, okay. It just preserved everything. No one could decompose because it was so cold. Well, what are they doing? Just leaving them out in the streets? Like (laughs) what? so in the cemetery. I don't know. They're like, oh, sorry, you died there. You stay there. Bye. You can't put them in a... 
cremate them you can't put them in a morgue i think cremating is now an option but it's such a small town Uh, that like they don't have the resources to do that so this one small town could have killed the entire world basically (laughs) so the terminally ill are now asked to fly to larger cities to spend the rest of their days oh my god yeah and in an article from the sun they share some other rules there um cats are banned to protect the Arctic bird population. Okay, And great. visitors are expected to take their shoes off in virtually every building, not just people's homes. Wait. Uh, yeah, I don't know if these are true. No, I am not grocery <laughs> shopping barefoot. No, I'm not going into Best Buy <laughs> it's barefoot. It's so cold, you have to be wearing boots and stuff like that. Oh, maniacs. Yeah, and on the other end of the circle of life, those who are pregnant are also asked to leave the town because there isn't a hospital for them to give birth. Oh, I was like, get these pregnant women out of here. Get out of here. So know that if you plan to retire in Norway, don't go to Longyearbyen. I've never heard of it, and I, I'm glad I won't be going there. Yeah. I definitely won't die there. Yeah, no. Wait, okay, so whoa, 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 whoa. it's legal to die there. What's going to happen? So here's the thing is that like the illegal part is sort of like the fantastical way of saying like they just like, please don't die. Don't die here. Yeah. (laughs) You'll kill everybody. Basically, it's like because we the bodies will just stay frozen in the earth and you could possibly release a disease. Well, are people digging up the body? Like, I need to know more. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's just out of fear of the fact that the bodies aren't decomposing and the diseases could possibly spread into the earth into the atmosphere so they'd rather not take the chance so they send you off go to oslo they say you can just like put them in the ocean or something <laughs> viking burial exactly light them on fire there you go all right but yeah that is a weird what huh it's kind of like fisher fisher island here oh fisher's right? island yeah fisher's island yeah 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 i mean they have like weird like they're small but it's like yeah fisher's island is an anomaly in itself you have to take a boat to Connecticut, to, and then from Connecticut, yeah. take a boat to Fisher's Island back down. Even though Fisher's Island is closer to Connecticut than it is to New York, but it's still considered Suffolk County Right, it's in New still York. considered yeah. New York, but what makes it more confusing is that they actually have a Connecticut zip code. Yeah. So, yeah. like, getting packages there is really confusing because it says New York, but it's a zip code in another state. Everything's on a boat. Yeah, I mean, imagine like having to go to the doctor or just go to the DMV or something. You have to go to Connecticut. Yeah. To then go back down. Yeah. It's dumb. It's crazy. It's not the same thing as what we were just talking about, but I'm just like, it's small like that. Like they have weird things there where it's like, yeah, why? Just don't live there. It seems that it's a thing that made you go, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Relate it back. <laughs> All right. You're spiraling. Uh, yeah. Hopefully next week will be better and it will be on time. Yes. So I promise that apparently we're going to be talking about Loki again. So we're we're right back. We're right back to it. All right. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to A Bite Of, artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at A Bite Of Pod and on Facebook at A Bite Of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at abiteofpod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on A Bite Of. Bye.